the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Total Financial Hour is sponsored by TFS Financial Insurance Services and Total Financial Solutions, Inc. The information on this show is not intended to be the primary basis for investment decisions and should not be used to provide financial advice. Please obtain the guidance of a financial professional regarding your particular financial concerns. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. This program reflects the views of Arif Halaby, California Insurance License 0B93792 of TFS Financial Insurance Services. TFS Financial Insurance Services, California Insurance License Number 0F22477, provides retirement income strategy strategies using insurance and annuity products which are guaranteed by the claims paying ability of the issuing company financial security will help you live the life you dream learn about financial power the total financial hour now higher income strategy learn from Arab Halabi learn about Hey, welcome to the show. Good morning. I hope you're doing well. Your place for news, talk, and information. I'm Eric Hallaby. Talking about your family's finances, of course, getting out of debt, managing money, planning for the future. You know, we've we've kind of gone over things in the past about generations and how things are changing and, and the different groups. You know, a lot of this is about math. So I understand that there's tons of, of folks that want to disagree or, or have conversations about things that uh, sometimes are feelings. I'm okay with feelings. I think that's a big deal. But let's go over math, the reality of the situation. Let's go over what's happening. Because if you are expecting to receive Social Security, either now or in the future, you're either receiving it or will be receiving it in the next, let's say, 25 years, then this is going to impact you. Now, if you're in your 20s, maybe early 30s, chances are you're, it's like a, a, a mystery. Will Social Security be there? Will the United States still be a dominant country? A lot of those are questions I'm not sure uh, that people know the answer to, especially if the left wing, if the woke, if the generation uh, X, my generation, if they get their way, which is... Everybody wants to protect their feelings. Your feelings matter, right? If it's something like that, uh, you know, who knows? I don't know where where we'll be. I, I have confidence that the U.S. will come out. I have confidence that the brave men and women that existed when this country was founded are still around. I think many of them saw an example of what their parents did, and you will see it again. So grab your pen and paper. I'm going to give you some, some numbers, okay? This isn't a math class. Don't, don't fret. Don't try to run out the back door like some of us may have in math. I ran out the back door because it was boring. But there's other reasons to run. Okay, here's what it is. The traditionalist, the baby boomer parents, all right? They were the ones born uh, before 1945. I want to even say 1900 to 1930. 38, 37, something like that. They had 
or, or there were rather, around 30 million of them, three zero, 30 million of them. 30 million people had 74 million children. Now, this is important because the 30 million people, many of them fought in World War II. But remember, the U.S. lost millions of people during that period of time. Millions of people. And when they left, or when they died, rather, many of them did not have children, right? They, they died at a time just before having children. So they went to war. They didn't come back. Lots of people. Millions, if you think about the impact, overall impact of the war, not just those that died in military conflict, all right? So about 30 million. So they had 74 million kids. That's the baby boomers, 1946 to 1964. Now here's where it gets yucky. See if you can follow me on this. From 1946 to 1964, 74 million people were born. Well, those were the uh, peace, love, and drugs those were the ones that a woman can have everything. Those are the, the ladies and men that decided to never get married. I cannot tell you how many countless people come to my financial office. They say, Eric, I want some. I want part of my money in a safe place away from the risk of retirement. I need to take care of myself. I said, well, fantastic. We can do that for you. I, need, I can't lose money in the market anymore. I can't go backwards. I can't l- pay a fee and go backwards. I say, no problem. We can do that. I said, tell me about your family. They said, I'm single, never been married, no children. That's the baby boomers. There are a lot of you out there. Now to a person, and maybe some of you are going to hear this and and say, okay, or if that's not me, but to a person, I'll ask, maybe not in the first meeting, depends on how it goes, but I'll ask and, and say, do you regret not being married or having a children? And to a person, they say yes. At first, they try to convince themselves, and, my, and me, doesn't matter to me, but they try to convince themselves, or me, that they are trying to do this, that they want to have, uh, they wanted to have a single life. Men who said, oh, I was a bachelor, confirmed bachelor, always a bachelor. And to a person... They wish they would have married. They wish they would have had children. So I, I think that's the, the, the baby boomer generation is a mixture of amazing people that created the internet, built the infrastructure, built this next generation of world domination as far as the U.S. on a technical manner. So yes, they, they, they conquered that side of things. But on the other side, on the family on the family values. They're the ones that propagated. If you did have children, you were worried about their feelings because you were sex, drugs, rock and roll. That generation, right? You thought your children, their opinion at six years old matters. Now, look, I get it. Psychologists are going to disagree with me. I can only tell you the facts. I'm, I'm only giving you the numbers and my observations. The numbers and my observations are When you don't give structure to a child, some structure, I don't mean this helicopter parent baloney. I don't mean this structure where a child is told what to do, when to do, military, fold your bed, hospital corners. That's not what I'm talking about. Structure. And when they're not given shame as a deterrent, 
right? When, when the baby boomer generation, and we can't blame everything on you. You guys are, did, did some amazing things. But when the baby boomer generation decided that the family name was no longer important, right, that, that uh, we would tell our kids, hey, I understand that's what the other kids are doing, but you're a Hallaby. And Hallabies don't do that. It's not what we do. We don't jump on furniture in a restaurant. We never, never did our kids stand on the furniture in a restaurant. Never. On the booth, throw things. We would get notes. My wife would receive notes taking her three children out to dinner or lunch or breakfast. And people from two tables over or or the food server would come over. The waiter would say, you know, I've never seen kids behave. I'm so uh, impressed. Now, I can tell you this, growing up with my mom and four children, when we would go out to dinner, that was the same thing my mom would, wish, would receive. Your children are very well-mannered. Did that keep us four kids, me and my three sisters? Did that keep us from, from running around outside? No, because outside is for running around, not inside of a restaurant or a museum or a hospital. Right When our baby boomer generation removed shame, insult, guilt, right and wrong, when you remove that as a punishment, when it's your feelings, your way. When you can do it, I can do it. If you feel like it, it's okay. When you do that, guess what you get? 74 million people had 49 million children. You see, because the most selfless act you can do is to have a child. Because you become not just second, but third and fourth. Right? I saw it in my mom. I saw it in my wife. I saw it in a generation of people who decided that they were going to put their children first when it came to caring for their needs. Because when you have a baby and a two-year-old or a four, two, and zero, right? When you have two, three, four children, when you have little children... It's not about you anymore, is it? And that's hard to do when you're taught that you are the most amazing thing on this earth. It's hard to do when you were taught that you can't do anything wrong and that your opinion is just as valid as an adult and you're 11. Right? So then you become very selfless. And why would you want to be married when you have to give up some autonomy, when you have to give up some of the decision-making process? So 74 million people had 49 million children. 49 million children saw the way that they were raised and said, you know, I'm going back to a traditional way. So some of the fastest growing group that's growing and going to church, having children it's, and homeschooling, it's the Generation X, the baby boomers children. Those 49 million people born from 1964, sorry, 1965, 1965 to 1976. That group, Generation X, 49 million, they said, forget some of these crazy values. Now, not all of them. That's why my generation had three, four, five children. Baby boomers had one and two, boy, girl. As soon as you had one of each, that's it. You stopped going, you stopped having children, baby boomers, many of you. But Generation X said, I don't like just having two cousins or one sibling. So Generation X 
had 83, almost 84 million children. Now remember, if you're born from 1965 to 1976, the 49 million children, you guys are going back to church. Takes a little bit. There's only 49 million of you. But you had 83 million children. And those kids, they had 86 million children. Why do you think the left wing wanted to control education? Because when there's that many kids coming behind and you can control them, even a big portion, even 10% of them, if you can brainwash them, if you can teach them America is bad and there's no such thing as a boy and a girl, 86 million kids born from 1996 to the present. We're still in Generation Z. We are there. We're in the middle of it. I don't know what those numbers are going to be. 86 million might be 100 million before we're done. So why do these numbers matter to you in Social Security? Because baby boomers, 74 million of you, you guys want to start collecting Social Security? This year, this year, we will have more people turning 65 years old than at any time in the history of the United States. More people turning 65. A lot of Americans think that's the age to turn on Social Security. So if that's the case, you got to ask yourself, who's putting in? Here's where it comes to, comes to the point. If you have 74 million people saying, okay, give me my piece. I want my social security. Many are disabled. Many didn't put in the whole time, but they're going to be collecting for 40, 50 years because they were injured. They couldn't continue to, to put in, to work, to the traditional 65, 70 years old. So you have a huge percentage of people say, give me my piece. And you have 49 million people putting in. Now it's going to take a while for the millennials, that 83 million, right? It's going to take a while for the millennial types to figure it out. Now look, most of them don't want to buy a house. Millennials have figured it out. Mom and dad lost their home during the Great Recession. Grandparents nearly went bankrupt in 2000 and 2008. So they start doing this gig economy thing. Now that's a, a problem because if you're self-employed, you're not putting in to the social security system. You see, many of them are self-employed. So you have to ask yourself, if people are not putting into social security, one, there's just a fewer number of them, and two, they're just trying to get by. They have massive student loan debt. They're not going to be purchasing houses. They're not going to be putting extra money into the stock market because they don't have extra money. Right at that moment in time, the baby boomers say, oh, I'm going to be pulling money out of the stock market slash my 401k. So the baby boomers wanted to pull money out of the stock market and nobody's buying the shares on the other side. So who's putting money into the market? It's going to be a while before kids born in 1996 are going to be eligible to buy a house, put money into the stock market. It's going to be a while before people that were born in 1990 say, uh, I trust this economy. Certainly do they not trust this government. You see, that's the problem. From 1965 to today, you have somewhere in the neighborhood of eh, 200 million Americans were born. From 1965 to now, about 
two out of three all Americans were born and are of that age. That is wonderful for a healthy country. That is amazing. That's the way it's supposed to be, just so you know. It's supposed to be the generations are getting bigger. Baby boomers said we're not. So we have to wait for this pipeline that was put into the system back in 1965 to 1976, my generation, the 49 million people that were born, we have to wait for those 49 million people to squeeze through the, the economy and the system. Now, the good news is if you can get Social Security on track and you get those other two generations to be putting in, by the time baby boomers are dead, God, sorry, baby boomers, or most of them, right? By the time that's passed through, then Generation X is a much smaller number. That means there's fewer of them. That means house prices for the Generation X, generally speaking, are probably going to be much, much higher because you have half of Americans eligible to buy your house. Right, right? There's 49 million and 160 want to buy the 49 million houses. It's a great deal. If you have 160 million people say, hey, I want to buy your house, and you have 49 people saying, my, my house is for sale, what happens to the price? That's right, it goes up. But that's not going to happen for another 20 years, maybe more, maybe 30 years. So we're going to go up and down, up and down, up and down. My biggest concern in the short term, Social Security. My biggest concern in the short term is Congress, the left wing they're going to have to figure this out. When we come back after the break, I'm going to give you some of these statistics. I think you need to figure it out and you need to listen to what people are saying. It's a survey that was done, a pretty comprehensive survey that was done and a very important one. And why? Because it discusses a couple of things. People that already retired and their regrets, wishes that they could have done something different. I'm going to get you that. It's also going to be about people and their ability to go and say, if I could have a do-over, what would I do? So that survey is coming up after the break. All right, I want to continue with something. When, when you're looking at the U.S. economy and you're looking at what's happening in our system and why things are, are moving in the right direction or, or wrong direction, it's usually pushed by fear. Remember it was the killer bees? Remember it was global warming, uh, global cooling? That was it. The 70s was global cooling. So a lot of those baby boomers thought the world was going to end before 2000. In fact, a man by the name of Al Gore said it would. Right? They quietly remove a lot of that stuff from the internet. But when you have as your spokesperson, fanatics, Al Gore, who said, oh, don't use energy. Oh, global warming, carbon emissions. And his home in Tennessee, you got to follow me for just a minute. His home in Tennessee used more electricity than the adjacent town. Now, now the, look, the adjacent town wasn't very big, but it was still a town, not a house. So he used more energy than in a town that was adjacent to him. Reports are this, very simple. He flies around in private jets and tells you, to take the bus. And some of you still go, oh, that's a man of character. I'm, I'm like, excuse me? 
He lied to you. He said the world was going to end in 2020. Said it was going to first 20, uh, 2000, actually. That was a tough go. Then 2020, right? He goes out far enough to still make some money on a book tour. To still get blackmail and bribe and, and cajole the Nikes and the Pepsis and the Coca-Colas of the world. And the Disneys to pay him consulting fees. And so it pushes that anger in that middle generation, that baby boomer generation. We can get you riled up because you were born on protest, the Vietnam War. You were born on protest. Climate change. Oh, now that's the deal. Because you see, whenever the weather changes, it's climate change. Climate change is cold. Climate change, it's hot. Woo! I want you to know this is breaking news, guys. Breaking news just in. In the middle of summer, it is hot in the northern hemisphere. Breaking news. Massive temperatures. Woo! Big changes. Temperature change what? Hot. When? Now. Wait, July? Yes. In summer. (laughs) What? And then they say, oh, you know, we have flood systems. Okay, well, listen. People have put in roads. They've over-farmed certain areas. Some have listened, and the Oklahoma Dust Bowl is no more. Some haven't listened, and they've over-farmed areas, so there's there's fire danger and there's flooding. I get it. They're a microcosm, and you can fix that. But when this big environmental push results in something that the Los Angeles Times... Uh, listen, I, I, I don't almost ever quote them. I think it's a rag... Occasionally, somebody does good reporting, but it's kind of like a blind squirrel. Occasionally, the blind squirrel finds a nut. It's not on purpose, but they do good reporting, similar to that congressman who admitted that Joe Biden was present during Hunter Biden. Right, an accident. Oops, did I just say that? Did the LA Times just publish this on July 14th? Yes, they did. Here it is. LA Times report warns about environmental danger. In solar transition. (gasps) 18 years I've been on the air. I've talked about this for probably 15 years. And what is it? California has excess solar panel, panel waste and limited means of disposable. Not limited means. Zero means of disposal. The Los Angeles Times goes on to report the blind squirrel that found a nut. California has been a pioneer in pushing for rooftop solar. But surprise, there is no zero plans to harvest, recycle, or eliminate the toxic components of solar panels when they run their course, when they've done, when they've, they've lived out their existence. The LA Times continues, the problem is when solar panels end up in landfills, components that contain toxic heavy metals such as selenium and cadmium can contaminate groundwater. I told you this, and I am not a scientist. How did I know this? How did I know this and not these other people that claim to be environmentalists? I'm waiting for Al Gore to fly to California to hold Gavin Newsom accountable. When is he going to do that? The Times continues to report that as California barreled ahead on its renewal energy program, focusing on rebates, more recently, a proposed solar tax, Questions about how to handle the toxic waste that would accrue years later were never fully addressed. So here's the thought, guys, as I I leave that article for a minute, but the concept, the flavor is the same, which is this. There's about a 25-year life cycle 
we are there in a lot of respects. We're, we're there and, and or we will be there in the next few years. And as the 25-year life cycle runs its course, you need to pay attention. This is very serious. Currently, the Department of Water and Power is not, not utilizing numerous solar energy capture systems Sometimes because you won't believe this. This is not even, you're not going to believe this, but I got it from, from the source. Because they don't have, I think it's a $500 component. I might be off on the price. It could be $50, but I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. It's $500 component that is in the uh, machinery, the, the converter. Yeah, they didn't buy the extended warranty. You wouldn't believe it. I think it functioned for six months and a day, six months and two weeks, whatever it was. But as soon as it passed, it's it's uh, renewable, right? Uh, service warranty. Sorry. Sorry, no service warranty. So you look at these solar components and you go, well, look at all that capture. They are not capturing it. It is not doing its job. Countless solar panels, including driving out to Las Vegas, drive out, out in the desert on the 15 freeway. What do you see? All those solar panels. Numerous divisions, uh, parts of, are not collecting. In the middle of summer, heat wave. Why is the Department of Water and Power in Southern California Edison choosing not to put those online? Because it would reduce the cost. That's why. Because it would provide, quote, too much energy. It doesn't exist. Let people develop and become something. You need energy to do that. Stay with me after the break. I'm going to continue. Triple eight ninety nine retire eight 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 nine nine seven three eight four seven. Also, folks, I have your emails after the break. I have two emails. Uh, one you were go- you're going to hear very familiar, uh, a very familiar story actually, and it's your emails. That's at arif a r i f at tfswealth.com. So arif at tfs. Tom Frank Sam. It's my police days. TFSWealth.com and our phone number, 888 Retire. I'm Eric Halby. Stay with me after the break. The Total Financial Hour, sponsored by TFS and Financial Insurance Services. Your place for news, talk, and information. The Total Financial Hour. We'll be right back. The Total Financial Hour. Financial security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now higher income strategy, learn from Arab Halabi. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Hi, welcome back. Thanks for being here. I'm Arab Halabi. This is the total financial hour. Look, your place for news, talk, and information. I want to uh, share a couple of things with you before I continue with the program. Our phone number is 888-99-RETIRE. That's 888-997-3847. Look, many of you listen to AM870 throughout the day, and I really appreciate that. It's a great station. It's probably one of the last, maybe one of the last two or three, at least on the West Coast of America, that that even has a chance of uh, defeating this wokeism standing up for American values, getting rid of some of the crazies that are out there preaching that America is a bad place. But I want to encourage you to do something. It's a courageous thing to do, and it's you standing up, not sitting in your room and sending out 
memes or or, or Facebook comments or, or Twitter comments. No, forget that. I need you to get up and get out. You have to go. If you are retired and you have an income stream coming from someplace other than your own efforts, meaning it was efforts in the past or somebody else's efforts in the past, but now whether you wake up and do a lot or do a little, your income is coming in. If you are one of those persons that are blessed, your effort is not over. I want to inc- It means you might show up at a school board meeting. Maybe you have to take the bus, walk. I, I don't know. A city council meeting. You have to show up. You have to let them know that you're not going to sit around and let it just happen. Right, I, I'm sometimes gagged by the amount of uh, Nazi references that both sides use when they're accusing the other side of something so atrocious. It's the only other word left. But you see how in France, I remember years ago watching a show and, and asking my son, do you think the, the citizens in the outskirts of Poland, the non-Jewish citizens in France, do you think they knew that their Jewish men and women, their, their citizens were being trucked away. How, how could they, how could they do what they did if they knew? And he looked at me, he said, of course they knew dad. Of course they knew. They just chose not to do anything, right? They bought their businesses and their houses for pennies on the dollar. They bought their antiques and their jewelry from them or from others. Most would say stole. They knew something was wrong. They knew they were killing him. Here's the problem. You develop a conscience too late. Sorry. The left wing is now way too powerful. And you better acquiesce or you'll be next. We are not at the place where they're way too powerful yet. You'll see it because of Bud Light and Target. Right? I mean, you understand Target allowed perverted men to go inside young girls' dressing rooms and bathrooms. They allowed a man dressed like a woman to go into the restroom with a girl. How are you guys still shopping there? Is plastic junk from China that important to you? Honestly, when are you going to stand up? What, what, what really matters? Oh, well, if it happens right in front of me, I'm going to do something. I'm going to take out my phone and video it. I, I, is that where the line is for you? Is that quote action? Oh, I took a, I documented. No. When are you going to do something? Right. You've heard me say that my dad always pushed being and doing the differences, right? Be courageous, be loyal, be a decent person. Well, when you do those things, when you be courageous, it means do action. It doesn't mean sit in your room and look in the mirror and go, wow, I'm courageous. Look at me. How about you get up and do something? You're not going to have very much more time on this earth. It is limited. If you don't stand up, nobody will. I should play you some of the voicemails and, and some of the emails that I get on occasion. You, you think it's easy? You know I've lost business, right? I'm a businessman. Bus- uh, I'm a businessman. That means business, not government employee that gets a paycheck. And occasionally there are people that say, "Oh, I don't like Arif. 
and they leave. Sometimes it costs me a lot of money. You understand that. I'm not using it as a badge of honor. It's been that way for years. But my point is, who's going to stand up? And if it doesn't cost you any money, right, because you've got the government paycheck, the pension, the Social Security, your own investments, if you have your other source of income, and that's what we're all about, that's why I push that, Total Financial Solutions, TFS Financial, that's my big, big thing, is to make sure that you guys have other sources of income that nobody can mess with, that nobody can take from you. That's very important to me. I need you to understand that it's you that has to push back. If you don't, do you understand that nobody, nobody's going to fight for you? And if you have children, nobody's going to fight for your children because you know what they're going to do? They're going to look over their shoulder and they're going to say, oh, look at mom and dad. This is how they define courage. Doing nothing in six Facebook posts today. I don't mind if you say, put stuff where your mouth is, right? You want to write stuff down? Great. And then go do. Right? Being courageous means doing action. So please stand up. It's going to look different. It's going to be different. I love all of our clients. I I love everybody. I want everybody to work with us. You don't want to work with me? Fine. There's the door. You're going to hurt people. You think that it's a good idea to go out and be that person that that dresses like a woman. I'm sorry. I'm not interested in being your your friend or your client. I I don't judge your soul. That's God's job. I judge your actions. Your job is to judge actions. Good, bad. And for some of you self-righteous, even conservatives that run around and say, oh, I don't judge actions. Great. I'll tell you what. There's a child molester. Yeah, he just got out of jail. I want him to be able to watch your four and six-year-old grandchildren. Is that okay? Oh, it's not, is it? Child molester needs a job, you little judgy person. Oh, you won't, will you? So that's where the line is. Why don't you go watch Jim Caviezel's Freedom movie? See if there's a place to put your money. Some of you, this is very important. You're going to leave money to your children or grandchildren, and there are woke leftist people. They will use your money for bad things. They will. They are not bad souls. Maybe they're going to go to heaven. I don't know that. It's not my job. Their actions will use your money. You leave your money to them as an inheritance. They will use your money to violate your your values. And undoubtedly hurt people. What is your job? It's to find a great cause. Good individuals. Maybe it's one of your children. Maybe it's your niece or nephew. Somebody who has courage. Who's going to use your money for good after you pass away. I don't want you to think that just because this child won the sperm lottery and they're now your child. Just because they won the the genetic uh, billionaire lotto win. Right, Powerball, you're my, you're my kid, forget it. Their actions decide whether or not they should receive your inheritance that you worked your tail for. All right, very important. I think you need to continue with this part of your life as we talk about your family's finances. I brought up what I'm talking, uh, when I'm talking about some of the solar and these battery issues. Look, uh, the same thing I talked about, the solar energy, it's, it's also what's happening with batteries. Right, the amount of batteries in these cars, the weight of these automobiles damaging the roads, 
These same automobiles, by the way, they don't pay any gas tax. Remember that? Yeah, those same, same, same cars. They don't pay any gasoline tax. They're in a position where they actually end up damaging the roads. And if they have a closed system, I'm not, I'm not saying any of this isn't something that they should do to protect themselves. Oh, fine, you have a closed system. You disconnect from the grid, so now you no longer pay the excise tax and the Southern California Edison tax and the DWP tax for for children, you know, with with one leg. We're going to tax you. We're going to tax you for for people that you know can't get out of their way. Uh, we have special needs tax, right? They they add everything, everything to the cell phone excise tax, sewer fees. Before you know it, I thought I paid that already. Nope. Got to pay it again. Look at your property tax. But if you're somebody who has a closed system, enough solar panels, battery charging system, and you're not connected to the grid, and you have a fancy new $180,000 car, and there's some amazing cars out there. By the way, guys, I love cars. Amazing. The Lucid will think you're in a spaceship. It just does. I don't own one, but I've seen them. Incredible. Tesla Model S, still an amazing vehicle. The weight, the damage they do to the roads, paying nothing, goes to show you that rich people write the rules. That's why they write the rules, to give themselves solar benefits, car benefits to buy uh, recycled uh, or uh, battery-operated cars. I was going to say recycled cars. Right, the battery, electric, they call it electric. Oh, yep. It's battery. There's no extension cord running that thing. It's just battery. Ask yourself, isn't it interesting that the left wing is not paying any of those fees or taxes? Huh. That's interesting. Well, rich people must make the rules. <laughs> Imagine that. No, they don't. All right, so that's the LA Times report on solar energy. Uh, June inflation, just so you know, last month, 9.1%. 9.1. It does not, that's the official number. Biden is going to say something different. 9.1%. For, for many of you, and look, there's a lot of you that are amazing people. You would never, ever, ever vote for Donald Trump. I get it. Do you really think that you have to like Donald Trump to vote for him? Uh, I mean, let's think about this for a second. Are you that important? We're pleasing you and, and you liking them is what that candidate has to do for you to say, and you have my vote. Like, like do you matter that much? Or is the country more important and the values of the nation and the impact of the actions of the candidate. I don't know if he's going to be the, the Republican nominee. I don't know. I'm telling you right now, Joe Biden will not be president by December 31st. That's just my prediction. I have a steak dinner writing on it. I think he's gone. I think he's gone September, October. They're going to start to push. I think he's impeached or he's going to step down for the betterment of my family, my health, my children. I'm a family man. He's going to be the victim. Don't forget. 
I think how he goes is simple. He'll be the victim and say, just this pressure, and as my last act, I will pardon Hunter Biden. And I don't care what you guys think, but I'm a family man. And it's about the children. It's about my family. I'm a father first. That's what he would do. I'm guessing. I'm not his psychiatrist, but but I'm guessing. That's how he's going to exit the stage. Kamala will be vice president lists for one year. She will not run. They will draft Gavin Newsom. The left-wing press will get all behind him. He's the only one who has any kind of national presence. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. will debate him. And you're going to see that the left, as much as they dislike what Gavin Newsom does, they hate what he does, right? Because nobody wants to pay taxes or step over human waste to go open your shop. Nobody does. And they still vote for Democrats. You see, isn't it interesting? The left-wing voter is different than the conservative voter. Conservative voter has great policies. They don't like the person. The left-wing voter doesn't like the person, but likes the policies. I mean, you understand? I mean, rather, let me clarify. The left-wing loves the person. They love Gavin Newsom. They dislike his policies. All right, let me say that again here. Conservatives, they don't like Donald Trump but they love his policies, but we're not going to vote for him. The liberals love Gavin Newsom, dislike his policies. They're still going to vote for him. That's a little clearer. Have you, have you asked yourself how insane that is? Oh, but he looks good. I love his smile. He's courageous. He fights back. Yeah, but his policies have human waste all around San Francisco, all around California. The whole country is in uh, decline with populations uh, decline with good people leaving a thousand two thousand people a day are leaving yes people are coming in mostly illegals and very wealthy people because they're buying up the homes of the middle class tearing them down and building mcmansions right the the left-wing policies the gavin newsom policies the people that vote for him because they like him they just like his policies but they like him and they'll vote for him conservatives you guys are so sensitive you're so sensitive don't want to hurt your feelings. I don't like Donald Trump. I'll never vote for him. I just voted for nobody in the last election. Oh, good for you. Look at what you did. <laughs> Look, boy, you did it. It's not going to matter anyway because California. Yes, it does. It does matter. It does matter. It does matter. Unless you're going to leave. Listen, I encourage people to consider leaving the state of California all day long. I think if you want a good shot at life and you want to raise your kids and you want to be somebody who has a better shot at seeing your children have a better life, it is not, not for the next 20 years in the state of California. It is not. You have to leave. The the leader of the Republican Senate, state Senate, said you should absolutely, you must leave the state. Scott Wilk and I disagree on a lot of things. In fact, I, I'm upset that he doesn't have the courage sometimes because he, he wants the political expediency. That's fine. We're not going to be friends anymore. Uh, look at. But he had a moment of courage. When in front of the hearing, he said, if you love your children, you will move out of the state of California. 
Oh, but Eric, my job is with the entertainment industry. How's that working out for you? How's that working out for you? When Tom Cruise is sitting on an island somewhere and Gwyneth Paltrow is sitting on an island somewhere and, and these left-wing men and women are, are in Santorini enjoying life and the caterers, grips, gaffers, electricians trying to figure out how they're going to pay next month's electric, electric bill. Oh, it's for the... We need our money. Well, that's nice. You guys just made it so the truck drivers don't have a job so that you can keep getting paid for work you did two, five, ten years ago. I, I, I don't know the right answer. All I'm telling you is that there's really no other career where you keep getting paid for work you did before. Right? When I was a policeman, if I got paid to lock somebody up, can you imagine the guy's still in prison, I'm still getting a check? <laughs> that would be nice. Oh, this is a bad guy. This is a lifer. Triple murder. Error if you caught him, he's in jail. Great. Pay me for life. Nope. A baker. I sold you a cake. Every time you have a piece, you have to send me a check. A recipe, right? The joy of cooking. Remember that? Betty Crocker, maybe one of those. Every time you make that recipe, you're supposed to send a check to Pillsbury or Betty Crocker. You understand that? Your Ford pickup truck, every time you drive it, you got to send a check to Ford every month. Or did you buy it and you paid for it once? So I don't know. I don't understand the industry as much. I don't know why if somebody sings a song and every time they sing it on a commercial, they keep getting paid even though they're at home. Look, I have a lot of you as clients. I'm happy that you get paid because it it helps our business when you invest more or save more or build more. Uh, It's good. But at the end result of you getting paid more means the truck driver, the caterer, the makeup artist, they don't get to go to work. So those that say, oh, I'm in California for the entertainment industry, I I don't know if that's a reason anymore. Well, get a job with the federal government. You can work in air traffic control. You can work anywhere in the world, just about. You could work anywhere in the country if you understand engineering or you work for a company that builds and creates and develops things. So my point is, if you're going to stay in the state of California, be prepared to be the victim of a lot from your speech being a problem. Look, if you make $30,000 a month, I don't know, I'm just picking a number, then living in the state of California... Tax-wise and expense, you can afford to live over there, drive this car, pay that much for gas and not care, go to eat dinner at that place instead of this place. Right? If you make twenty-five, thirty, thirty-five, forty thousand dollars a month, it's kind of an inconvenience. It's not life-changing when you're a family of four trying to live on a hundred or even a less than a hundred thousand a year. Some of you, it's a struggle. Most parts of the country, you can do very well. Why do I say 20 years? Very simple. I think in the next 20 years, California is going to have to file bankruptcy and it's going to have to rebuild. It has to. It has to. It just, it's just a math problem. The pensions are nearly $350 billion upside down. The state teacher's pension system, $350 billion upside down. Public Employees Retirement System, another 350 ish billion billion upside down. 
That means they need this number, they have that, and the difference is $300 billion plus. Because teachers, as lovely and amazing as they are, do not create something that, that has a, a sale price, meaning it's not like they build a computer for $1,000 and they sell it for 2000 and there's a profit immediate today. Educators, it takes a while to get through the system, right? If you, we don't know if you educated a fourth grader properly. We're not going to know for 30 years. So it's not as if they're selling, uh, you know, they're, they're creating a product where they're selling it for a profit today, making money. It goes into the system. We pay your pension. It's a, it's a cross your fingers and hope, a lot of hope. Right? President Obama was about hope and change. It was ultimately now will go in history as the worst president probably we ever had. As a biracial president, he had a chance to be a new, the new George Washington of this country. I, I, and I'm not overstating it. He could have said, listen, post end of slavery, I'm here. And I'm going to fix education. No longer are we going to have poor kids, mostly minorities, going to these failing schools and only the, the rich kids, mostly non-minorities, going to these nice schools. No longer. We're going to give school choice. So kids that want to go to school and parents that want to allow them to go to school, they're going to have great education opportunities. And the other schools, the failing ones, you know, they're going to have to compete. What? You said the C word. Yes, compete. They're going to have to compete. What? No way. No way. How are you going to do that? Well, look, if the teacher does not have results, then the teacher doesn't have a job. Maybe a nice person. How are you going to know? I need you guys to stand up and get ready for this. I need you to stand up and have cameras in every single classroom at least two, one from the back to the front, front to the back. Every parent has a login. You can track the IP address. Every parent can hit the button that says, I want to listen in and hear what's being taught. If you're a teacher's union and you don't support this, you're crazy because your teachers, your employees, your union members are being beat and hit. And if you're a parent and you don't support this, your kids are being taught what? Who knows? We're coming up on a thousand this year, 1,000 teachers, educators, and school staff that have molested children and been arrested. Sex with minors. You have 35 year old women having sex with 16 year old boys. You have men abusing little girls. You have this happening right now, only since January, nearly a thousand of these have been arrested and some convicted already. And you're telling me it's not appropriate to have a camera? There's 14 male blacks that are shot every year that are unarmed by police officers. And you have cameras on every single law enforcement officer. You need cameras in the classrooms and maybe eventually on the teachers. All right, stay with me, guys. Your emails after the break. I'm going to answer your questions. I'm Arif. Arif Hallaby. 888-99-RETIRE. 888-997-3847. Stay with me. We'll continue after the break. Money work for you. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Learn about financial power, the total financial power. 
888-99-RETIRE. I'm Eric Halaby. 888-99-RETIRE. That's our phone number every every uh, day, every week. You can call us anytime. If it if we're not available, it goes to the answering service. But the reason I want to give that number out is for a couple reasons. One, you want safer money options, the ability to make sure you have a reti- reliable retirement income so you can stand up for what you believe, so you can be somebody who goes out and, and says, listen, you can't cancel me. You, you just can't. I have my own income. I have my own streams of money coming in. So you're not going to threaten the financial security of my family. That would be nice. Imagine some of you have come to me and said, Arif, I've worked at a company where I've had to keep my mouth shut. Some of you have had to sit through some of the crazy trainings that the school districts and the school boards would make you sit through because courage, you couldn't afford courage. You had a job, you had a pension, you had small children. And now you can. Now you're somebody who can stand up and say, you know, enough is enough. I'm sorry I, I made big mistakes before. I'm sorry I didn't stand up for what I believed in before. I couldn't. I'm not going to judge you for that. That's not my job. You're not impacting me. You're not hurting children. So that's your own world. Now, if you were one of the uh, guards at the uh, concentration camps, well, you know, if you're that close to the problem, uh, I think I think you have some repentance to do. Maybe that's the rest of your career. If you're somebody that was implementing these these systems, if you were forced to talk about white people bad, black people good, poor people bad, or, or good rather, and, and rich people bad, right? If, if you're forced to, to push racist policies like the 1950s in Alabama, if you were forced to do that, now it's time to start making things better. You see it, right? Uh, I don't know. Somebody's going to have to fight. And history will tell the truth, I think, eventually, especially today with all the the ideas and the truth that we have, uh, you know, videos and everything. Uh, look, everything is going to come out. DNA testing, isn't that interesting? You see the DNA testing. People say, oh, I'm not, I'm not the father. I mean, imagine for a minute, okay, this would never happen, but I'm just going to play pretend for a minute. Imagine for a minute that the president of the United States daughter, no, let's say son, son is a crack addict and gets a stripper pregnant. Oh, no way. That would never happen. But let's just say it does. And maybe he was vice president at the time, something like that. And then the president refuses to acknowledge his own blood. After DNA testing, I mean, it's done. It's over. We know. He couldn't hide. Before, he would say, oh, it's not my child, not my child, right? The president's son would say, not my child. And everybody would say, well, probably not. Look at the stellar quality of that family. Look at the background. Look at the reputation. It would never be a... Okay, well, that might not happen. But but today, right, George White, uh, what's her name? Thomas Jefferson's maid that they said was his uh i guess honey on the side i don't know how they would have called it 
mistress. Right? Remember her? And then there's a whole bunch of kids that are descendants now of Thomas Jefferson. Before, it was just family, family lure. Stuff we would talk about at the family picnics, the family reunions, the, the, the fireplace, the, the bonfire. Let's talk about it. Oh, remember that? Yeah, we are related to today. Surprise. We now know those men and women, many, black, white, are related to Thomas Jefferson. So nothing is going to hide. Right. If you're somebody who, uh, and I know people like this, so folks, if, if you're somebody who had a child, another man was the birth father, this man has raised him or her as if it was their own. And, that's a, and let me tell you, folks, there's a special place in heaven for those kind of men and women. When you raise somebody else's child as if they're your own, that's an incredible human being. Nothing to put lightly, by the way. Right? Sometimes men will marry women with a two-year-old son or daughter, and they take them under their wing as if they're their own. They treat them. That's incredible. Many of you call that normal. It's not normal. There's plenty of people on this earth going back where they would discard that. It's, it's why the movie Cinderella had a place in our folklore because people knew that that was a, a normal thing. That was a common thing. So the men and women that stand up and say, no, I, I don't care about DNA. This is my son or my daughter. I love those people. Should be celebrated. But for some of you that are hiding that fact, I, I think you need to figure out how to tell them. Artificial insemination, I think you need to figure out how to tell them. I, I don't know the answer, except that it's not going to be good if it's told to them by somebody else, especially after you pass away. What a horrible question to be lingering over the mind of somebody when you can't go to that person and ask them. Mom, what did, Mom, what did you mean? Mom, what really happened? You think it's going to be a one-dimensional letter and you're going to answer all the questions when you die, open this letter. It's in my trust. It will tell you the story. I'm telling you my experience in more than 27 years of doing what I do, thousands of people have come through my office, both sides of the coin. I think you need to, I think you need to, to I, don't, I don't mean every little detail, but I think you need to share with them. You know, there's a study recently, uh, there's a man recently who was kind of a, oh, I guess he was a kid who, who didn't really do much. Lazy son of a gun, if you will. Didn't work much. Didn't try very much at school. It's kind of the, the troublemaker right on the edge of being into real serious trouble. Just to please his family, he took the SAT test. And he did and he received a near-perfect score on the SAT test. Near-perfect. It was incredible. So the mom and, and the son, they look at each other and say, well, I always told you you were a genius. If you applied yourself, you would be an amazing person. So fast forward, the kid continues with school, improves his grades, summer school, works hard, college, amazing university, does well, goes on to get his uh, doctorate degree. I want to say it was a, might have been an MD. 
And years later, I think a decade later, gets a letter in the mail that says, oh, by the way, this batch of tests were graded improperly, and really your score was <laughs> into the 700s instead of the 15, 1600s of the day. Can you imagine? That goes to show you that when the right belief is placed in the right person, then good things can come. So when you think you're not going to tell your child because you don't believe they're going to take it the right way, maybe that's the same, maybe not. But I think you do have to sit down and come to the fact, uh, come to the conclusion that the fact is they are going to find out. If we now know Thomas Jefferson had all these children uh, and descendants, then someone's going to find out. Your son, your daughter. And I think there needs to be time for you to have a conversation so that it's not buried. Okay, Just sharing with you that because uh, of recent events in our office, a client came in, we heard the story, and it's tragedy. It's not good. So I want you to, to know that. Okay, Very important. You take a look at it. All right, let's continue with the radio show. I've got this. Look, here's your emails, your letters. Dear Arif, my wife of 43 years passed away three years ago, and I still miss her dearly. Although I have found, I have now found love again, I am concerned that after I marry my new wife, uh, my new wife, that my children from my first marriage would not receive my house and my retirement accounts when I pass away. I want my new wife to be able to live in my house but after she passes away, I want my kids to inherit the house. It was the same house that my first wife and I had bought nearly 30 years ago. And my new wife has four children from her previous marriage. One of them has been in and out of jail and is not to be trusted. I need to make sure that after I die, he does not take her money or make money or, or sorry, more, make her sell the house and take the money. Continuing, I want to make sure she has enough money for the rest of her life. She does have a small pension, about $900 a month, and her Social Security is higher at thirty at sorry at $2,500 a month. My Social Security is $3,700 a month, and my pension is $2,200 a month. All right, it's a lot of numbers, so let me give it, uh, I'm going to stop the, the, the direct reading, and I'm going to give this to you. Okay. They have a total of $9,300 a month in income. They need, or if he passes away, they're going to need about $5,000 a month to live on, guys. So here's what I've come up with. Part of the problem with the math that they have here is his pension was from a job he had prior to marrying this, this new lady. So as a widow... Usually the spousal benefit passes with the widow, meaning he doesn't get to assign a new wife to this pension. So it's over. It's done. Sorry. When he dies, so does the pension. Many pensions are that way now. In addition to all of that, she's only going to receive the higher of the two social security checks. Okay, so she's going to lose her $2,500 social security and she'll receive his, which is 3700 so if he passes away, what will his wife receive? 3700 and 900 Her pension and his Social Security. Okay, well, that's coming up short, guys. That's $4,600 a month. 
And she's going to need at least $5,000 a month to live on. All right, so how do we do this? Let me uh, summarize this one more time. They, his wife of 43 years passed away three years ago. He's now remarried. His concern is making sure his children receive his house and his new wife gets to live there until she passes away. Okay, so I'm going to preface all this, guys, with a couple of things. Number one is I'm not a CPA and I'm not a tax or a trust attorney. I am a certified estate planner. Different, similar in some ways, but completely different in other ways. Meaning I want you to seek the advice of an estate uh, tax planning attorney. I want you to seek the advice of a CPA when there's tax matters, okay? Don't ever let your financial advisor, especially one who says, I can do taxes, trusts, wills, risk, Safety, mutual funds, life insurance. What do you need? I can do it. And they open a trench code and there's a couple of watches in there. No, no, no. That's not who I want you to trust. I want you to go, okay, let's back up. Are you good at watches? Or are you good at life insurance or real estate? Right? Tell me where your strength is. All right. When you're thinking about this and you're going through this process of what happens if, I want you to consider using a living trust. A revocable living trust, if you own real estate, is everything. Okay, so how are you going to do it? There are specific real estate trusts. Now, the, uh, the IRS has come out with a recent ruling just this year on how to pass real estate through an irrevocable trust, meaning it's, it, the house is not owned by you or her. It's owned by a, a trust, an entity. You need to be very careful here because the rules have changed. And if you don't update your living trust regularly, I mean every two or three years, just have it reviewed just like you would get an oil change or a checkup, right? If you're going to go to your dentist and they're going to do a checkup, are you expecting to go in and have all your teeth pulled? No, you're expecting to go in and have a few things you know, modified. Now, if you've neglected your teeth for 10 years or 20 years and you haven't fixed it, Surprise, you're going to have to have some serious overhauls, aren't you? Just like if you neglected your trust for 10 or 12 years, it might be, listen, we're just going to have to create a brand new trust for you. Sometimes that happens if you've neglected it for a while. However, I need to encourage you to get it done sooner rather than later. Because we can use a, re a real estate trust to protect the house where she can live in it for as long as she's alive. But you need to be very careful. Here's where the changes come in. The big change that just happened is this. If you don't parse out the house in the portion of your trust that is irrevocable, meaning your wife can't sell it, take the cash and give it to her kids. Because if you have that in a regular trust, that's great, it's protected but she's still in control of everything. So her new husband, her children, right? Many women that have a child, many men that have a child who is wayward, who's a drug addict, who's in and out of trouble, they feel guilty. So they give them everything. They let them steal from them. They let them take their money. They let them promise everything under the sun. You cannot allow her to control the asset of the house. Okay? So consider taking some of your retirement money meant for her 
and we would put it into an annuity. Ready for this? Upon your passing, it is forced to be annuitized. Here's what that means. It means some of her money, some of the money that you that you have set aside for her is put in into an account that is forced to pay out a payment for the rest of her life. Let's just say there's a guarantee. We can do a guarantee for five years or 10 years, which means if she only lives eight years, then she gets to choose the beneficiaries for the final two years. If she lives 11 years and she's passed the 10-year payment, then she keeps collecting. Good luck. Good for her. She wins. But the reason I would do that is so nobody can take that away from her. Because if we annuitize it, and I don't recommend doing this very often. In fact, you can probably count on one hand the times that I've recommended doing this because there's a lot of other features. But in this particular case, if you found it important to mention that she has one child who's a bit wayward, he probably has a bit more influence in the family than we want to admit. So we create an annuity. Then we force it to be annuitized when, when you pass away. So she now receives a much higher payment. And I can back into the numbers. You tell me, hey, Eric, if I want the number to be $1,000 a month, I'll say, okay, here's what it needs to be. I want it to be 500 a month. Here's what it needs to be. I can figure it out. Then we back into that number. She's protected forever. The house is cared for forever. And any of the other monies that you have set aside because they're beneficiary driven, so any life insurance that you might have, any needs that you have that set aside for, uh, for property taxes, we can work on that. And now, Jim, you didn't mention this. This is Jim, by the way. Jim didn't mention this in his email. But I'm going to read between the lines a little bit. And maybe I'm right. And maybe it fits some of you. You see, if Jim is worried about her other three children especially, I want my other three kids to have some money, her other three kids rather, to have some money if she passes away. Because she has cared for me for as long as she has, I think that's a very noble and honorable thing to do. You are now taking care of their mother. Their mother is now taking care of you, your companions. You, you live together. You have a life together. But chances are you're probably going to pass first. And when that occurs, how do we make sure that her children still receive something? So what I would do is consider a life insurance policy on her that you pay for, Jim. She has a life insurance policy. You pay for it. Her children are the beneficiaries. You can put all three of them, four of them, whatever you want to do, whatever she wants to do. And when you pass away, she still has the life insurance policy. But what we do is make sure that it's fully funded, meaning no more money is required to be put into it. It just sits there and grows. And when you pass away, Jim, she has the house to live in. She has the guaranteed income to continue to come in. And her three children, at least, those three, when mom passes away, hopefully a long time later, we have a solution that gives mom a life insurance policy that she owns, beneficiary of the kids, and you paid for it. That'll allow them to have some money and not try to take hers. Because more often than not, guys, you've heard me say that it's the wayward child, but you know what else it is sometimes? 
Sometimes it's the spouse whispering in their ear. Oh, don't let your mom, uh, you know, don't let your brother do that to you. Don't let your sister, your sister thinks this, your brother thinks that, you know, you're more important. All the stuff you did for your mom and, and your sister and brother, they just don't like you, right? Stay away from that. Often it is not her children, but her children's spouses that can be the problem. So this way you are covering all the bases. We use a trust. You're going to use an attorney uh, to help draft it. And who's going to manage this trust when you pass away, right? Who is the new successor trustee? Well, here's what I want, Jim. I think this is a great idea. Consider hiring. I don't know what your total assets are, but consider hiring a professional trustee from a bank or a professional trustee company. There are companies out there. Now, sometimes the estates have to be, oh, I don't know, 5 million, 10 million, 20. There's, there's big numbers or it doesn't make financial sense because they have a fee. So instead, I would go to the attorney who is drafting up your trust, make sure he or she is an estate planning attorney, not somebody that chases ambulances on Friday and workers comp on Tuesday. And oh, by the way, I can do your trust on Monday. I don't want that person. Maybe a nice person, maybe loves God and puppy dogs and walks in the park. I love that attorney. Great. And you're not going to do my trust. I want a trust attorney to be a trust attorney. Right? Just like, I look, it's no different than I want my president to be a president. I don't want you to be my best friend. I don't want my president to marry my daughter. I don't want him to be my neighbor. I just want you to manage my country. I don't have to like you. Oh, the way he says, the attorney, uh, I've heard this. One of the best attorneys around. Arif, the way the attorney talks down to me. Okay, listen, I get it. Your feelings are hurt and you feel dumb. Still the best attorney around. You're not hiring him to be your life coach. You're hiring the attorney to be an attorney, right? How many times have you been treated disrespectfully and dismissed by your physician? I don't know why, but it just seems doctors seem to do that. Not all, but with my car accident, when I was a police officer, remember I spent a, a 10 years, seven months and three days as a Los Angeles policeman. Remember that multiple surgeries and I don't know, probably, well, I know seven or eight surgeries and probably 25 small procedures. I've been around my share of doctors and physical therapists and nurses. Some were just jerks. I mean, if I, if this wasn't FCC, I would say some bad words. Some of them were just jerks, never looked at you in the eye, treated you with disrespect, but you know what was incredible? They were probably one of the best surgeons around. So I just said, listen, I don't want to be your friend. Just fix my knee. That's it. Fix my knee. Same thing with an attorney, guys. All right, so last part here that I think really matters is if you are trying to make sure that she can receive a payment that increases over time because inflation is a real thing. I just quoted you 9% inflation in June, 9.1 to be exact. The Biden administration lied. They said something else. Some of the media called them on it. CBS seems to be pushing back a little bit on the president. I don't know how much. I don't know if they're, if they're doing it just to pretend to be neutral or if they're starting to come back to the center from this left-wing craziness. They see the writing on the wall that the damage being done by the left-wing governors, Newsom and Michigan's... Uh, Governor, right? Some of these governors and, and presidents are pushing their states into the wrong direction. Cities, P 
people are fleeing Austin, Texas for the outskirts. Why? Because they defunded the police. So finally, some of the conservatives, some, some of the liberals, some of the, the, the Democrats, Henry Cuellar from Texas, city councilmen and women, black lifelong Democrats are saying, you know, this is crazy. Uh, our community is being hurt the most. So they're coming over to the Republican side. Right? You see that happening. So a lot of you have this feeling that, that you're going to leave the state. If you do, I want you to have your, your living trust looked at by an estate planning attorney in the new state that you go to. Because each state might have different laws and rules that are applicable to what matters to you. Now, I'm licensed and certified in, bunch, in just about the entire country. If not, if it's a state that I'm not licensed in, we can get licensed in it. We just do. It's not that difficult. So if it's a state that you move to and we're not licensed, give us a couple of weeks or a month. We can get licensed there. It's not a problem. If you're going to move and it's a state that I'm licensed to, we just continue seamlessly. My point is, you need the team to understand you and you need a team that understands the state, the laws, the rules, economics. Imagine this, eighth grade math, what? How's that? Now you're talking crazy. (laughs) Well, this will allow you to have a great little system. All right, I want to continue here after the break, guys, in just a couple minutes, but this is important as we follow through. Remember how I was pushing the first hour, I was talking about some of the craziness that's happening with solar panels. Some of you are going to spend your money down this road of going green or electrical, or I'm going to outfit my house so that I don't end up with electric bills later. Okay, that's interesting. But make sure that where you're putting your money lines up with your values, whether it's a solar company or whether it's battery operated, do some research, find out if it's correct. The numbers that they report, right, in the entire world, the United States plus the rest of the world, in other words, all countries, every year about 500,000 people die from, quote, global warming, heat, heat, heat stroke, heat exhaustion, 500,000, 4.5 million die of cold. Which means the solution is natural gas, different types of energy that comes from fossil fuels. Because in a lot of places when blizzards hit, i.e. cold, there's no wind or solar power. So don't be tricked by some of this craziness. Don't don't follow through with anything except facts. 500,000 people die a year. That's a shame. It's 500,000 too many. A big percentage of them die in Africa. Surprise, it's Africa. And in the summertime, I know we're all worried, but understand, July, it's summer. It's always hot in summer. Heat wave in summer. But when you have eight times the amount of people dying, nine times the amount of people dying because of cold, pay attention. Natural gas is the solution. So is fossil fuel. Uh, fuels. If you're going to protect your family, you do it the right way. All right, stay with me after the break, guys. I'll continue in just a minute. I have your emails. Pretty interesting one next, which I think you're going to find fascinating because it's a little bit heartbreaking when we come back. Total Financial Solutions, TFS Financial. I'm Eric Halby. 
888 retire We'll be right back. Security will help you live the life you dream. Learn about financial power, the total financial hour. Now, higher income strategy. Learn from Arab Halabi. Learn about financial power. Hey, welcome back to the show. Total financial Thanks for being part of the show. I'm Arab Halabi, the Triple Eight Ninety Nine Retire. That's our phone number. Try to make it easy for you. 888 888- Nine nine seven three eight four seven triple eight ninety nine retire. So many of you and so many of us are always worried about what's happening with the uh, the financial system in the in the world of oh I guess your retirement maybe your income. But have you thought about health care? I mean, really, we were promised with the Obamacare deal that don't worry, we have solved the problem. Check that box. It was done. I think you're, well, one is if if you were around back then and listened to our show, I was telling you it was a bunch of baloney, right? My my health insurance for me, my wife, and, and three children went from $872 a month. That was the last year before Obamacare. And me, my wife, and three kids, the next year was $2,100 a month. The next, sorry, twenty seven. $2,700 a month. The next year was $3,200 a month. So in two years after, $3,200 a month. Where are you supposed to come up with $3,200 a month? Because it isn't $3,200 a month. No, no, no. You have to earn 5000 Pay your taxes. Get what's left. Pay for your health insurance. That's how it works. So by the time you are working, the first 60 thousand dollars of your income six zero is gone is that not insane does that not put pressure down on you saving for retirement when your health care costs go up or saving for that next car or that emergency or whatever it might be that you're trying to do financially right is it doesn't it change everything i think it does I think you end up becoming somebody who is trying to balance and you know and understand the only way to make it work, period, is to pay for the medical today. Because you're going to say to yourself, well, I'll work another three years. I'll, I'll delay five more years before I collect my money. So please don't forget that health care is a big part of things. Don't forget that health care makes a big difference in your uh planning for retirement. A little brief uh, update because this is the year that more Americans are turning 65 than ever, ever in the history of the United States. More people are turning 65 years of age. Besides the pressure on Social Security, that's the the normal time if you ask somebody when they're going to start taking money out, is age 65. It's also the time when you are required to go on to Medicare. Required. Now, you're going to have to pay for it, but you never pay enough. You know that because they've been taking a little bit out of your check for decades. So you think, well, there's plenty. Plenty. Nope. Sorry. Sorry, there isn't. 
There just isn't enough money in Medicare. I wish there was. You and I both think there would be. There isn't. It's so underfunded that we have no idea how it's going to work. So, here's what I think. I think most of you are going to have to save money, specifically set aside a different account, just like you have a retirement account and your savings, and we're going to take a vacation to Europe next summer. Those three bank accounts, one of those needs to be, and my health care in retirement. That's right. I think you need to figure out how to make it all work, and it isn't going to come from the government. Because Medicare is going to pay less and less. They're going to require a greater number of premiums. There is a way to fix this. There just is. And it is not nationalizing health care. It's actually doing the opposite. Just like getting rid of the institution, the school government institutions, right, where they just house your children and they're not teaching them anything compared to the tests that they can't even pass, right? 60, 70, 80% in some school districts in Baltimore, 100% are illiterate. So the money that we send for the schools is not doing its job. The money we send into Medicare is not doing its job. It is such a bloated system. Now, can they fix it? I don't know. Can they? Yes. Will they? I don't know. That's really the question. I think most people have no idea how much money they're going to need in health care for retirement. So please, build that secondary account. It needs to be there. You can use all sorts of things. You can use long-term care type policies, right? We like to use life insurance policies, hybrid, that you can use for some of the more serious expenses. I like to use retirement accounts for the more serious expenses where you're going to have to be pulling money out. You just have to. It's the only way to do it. So we're trying to trying to build our plan around uh, being nimble, and that's the way it works with us. Our our job is to sit down. We have a great team, great staff. If you come into the office or speak on the phone, it's me. There isn't a team of seventy five uh, advisors, all called vice presidents. Come to Total Financial. Everybody in the room is called a vice president. You're either the secretary or a vice president, the janitor or a vice president. Right? That's what your Moral Merrill, uh, Morgan Merrill, Schwab, Edwards, everybody's a vice president. Hi, I, I go to James uh, Fisher. Yeah, everybody is called a vice president. Did you know that? It's funny when people come in, there's always a bit more arrogant. I, usually it's us guys. Oh, uh, yeah, I work with the vice president over at uh, Smith Jones and, and Johnson. I'm like, great. Uh, why? Is he or she the vice president? Well, because he's so smart, knows what he's doing, or sometimes they say they don't know. So I pull him up on the computer. I go, okay, he's been licensed for three years, and he's the vice president. Let's take a look at the website. Oh, everybody's a vice president. So just realize that it's not about any one title. The titles are irrelevant. It's the knowledge. It's the understanding. It's the flexibility Some companies don't have flexibility. They just don't because their bosses make the rules. Their bosses decide you can sell this, not that. You can do this, not that. That doesn't, it's not how it works. I am the owner of the company. I'm the boss, right? We have to, we have state and federal regulations, but, but other than that, it's not, there's nobody telling me what I have to do. We look for what's best 
for our clients how to make it work. That's what we do. We don't hide under names or titles. Just not that way. All right, enough of that. Here's an email. This is important, I think, because uh, both of these couples, uh, or both of these people, rather, I think forget that both you and I have kids, and and it's a shame. Dear Arif, my husband and I have saved our whole life for our two child, two children's college education. After watching what the left wing has done to higher education and the current attitudes of both of my kids, I think it was a waste of money and a huge mistake to send them to college. That did delay our saving for retirement by more than 10 years. Well, now we have only saved $690,000 for our future. I am expecting $3,200 from Social Security, and my husband will have $2,900 from his Social Security. He also has a pension from Boeing for $2,800. Since we need about $9,500 a month to live, we are concerned about inflation, and so I expect to need even more money in the future. We do have about $120,000 in our savings, so emergencies should be taken care of with that money. Here's my question. How much do you think we can have coming in each month from that money from our current retirement account that can supplement our income in the future? And do we need more? Okay, that's Jane and Lewis. Jane and Lewis, here's a big part of it. Uh, I think you guys are like most of the baby boomers who sent their kids to school uh, and wish that they didn't. There are many, many conservatives that don't speak to their children anymore. Or their children don't speak to them. Right, it's like the brown shirts. Remember in, in Nazi Germany, I told you I hate I hate those references, except when they're applicable. When they teach you to go home and and rat on your parents, like they did in the communist world, right in the fifties and sixties in communism in China, same thing. You would tell on your parents because the love of the state was much more important than the honor and loyalty to your family. So a big deal. All right, Jane says her husband and her saved their whole life for their children's college. That was their big priority. I shared with you guys before, we have a relative uh, that, you know, we were all having kids around the same time. You know how that is. You have one or two kids and they go, are you going to have any more? Do you have more children? Do you have more children coming? Are you guys expecting more kids? That kind of conversation, right? Well, I remember when, when this gentleman told us, he said, you realize how expensive it is to send kids to college? So we're only going to have two. I shared that with you, I think, before. My wife was so fascinating. She came to me afterwards. She goes, can you imagine they plan to be broke in 18 years? That's fascinating. They have 18 years. If college is a priority to them, they have 18 years to come up with a plan, and they plan to be broke in 18 years. Like, that's the best you got. Isn't that weird? When it's thought of that way, that's a fascinating limitation that so many of us have put on our lives and we all look at each other and nod and go, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, yeah, 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 I can see it. I understand, totally understand. I get it, I get it. And in reality, it's not that way. Right? There's a million different things you can do. 
You understand there's a reason that they are not waiving trade school college, uh, trade school debt. It's because if you go to a trade school, you can afford to pay it back. The trade schools don't give the same amount of money to the Democrat Party as the Harvard, the Yale, Brown, Columbia, MIT, Stanford. Those people give more money and their, and their faculty more money to the Democrat Party. So what takes place is the government will give money to the college and the responsibility to pay it back is the student. The least educated, the least sophisticated financially, and the least knowledgeable in any career fa- uh, field that will make any money. Meaning the government... And the education department, they're pretty well fine-tuned at what they do. The school, the media, pretty well fine-tuned at what they do. And In fact, they actually make a lot of money. They're good. College education, right? the college uh, educators, they make a lot of money at what they do. They know how to do it. And they take your money from the government, (laughs) as far as taxpayer dollars, and they require the student to pay it back. The least sophisticated in the triangle, the least knowledgeable, the least ability to do math and understand time value of money, the least uh, knowledgeable in investments and savings and real estate and stocks and bonds. And they say, here is a six-figure debt. And instead of punishing that, that circle, the two people in the circle, the government and the college, the university punishing them for taking advantage. Instead, what they do is they reward by paying them off again. You see, if colleges were required to have a guarantee, after 10 years of graduation, you will make at least this much money. If not, we will refund your money. Why, why can't you do that? You're the one that said you have this sophisticated selection process and that your minority selection is not difficult to assume that they are just as qualified, and so we're going to put minorities in the formula and give them a spot, even though their grades are lower, because we know they can do it. Except in medical school, the black population finishes in the bottom 25% consistently. Not everyone, not all the time. Statistically, if you are... A black person admitted to medical school, not my statistics, they say that you finish in the bottom 25%. Doesn't mean they're bad. They're still going to be called a doctor. They're probably amazing, and hopefully they'll work hard just like everybody else. Nothing, no difference. But you're telling me that that person is going to make more money. Then you better, follow me, guarantee it. Because I have to, guaranteed, I have to pay it back. If I'm the student, the guarantee on my side is I have to pay it back. The guarantee on the government side is they gave me the money. The guarantee on the school side is eh, nothing. School should be, listen, it should be a deal. If you think you have such an awesome education program, why don't you loan me the money, college? Why don't you give me the money? You think it's such an amazing deal. You loan me the money and I promise I will pay you back. Right? Poor Jane and Lewis used their life savings, middle class family, to pay for their kids to go to college. Now the kids come out hating their values, hating their country, and hating their parents. 
Something's wrong with that story. They didn't mention it, but I can promise you, based on the love that they have for their children and the sacrifice, I will bet that some of these student loans, if they had some before, maybe they still do, or were taken out under the parent's name, meaning the parents still have to pay them back. I had a lady in my office recently. She said, my daughter went to Cal Lutheran, great school, expensive school. We took out student loans. She graduated. She has a great job. And because the student loans we had to get, because I'm a single mom, they, they had to come in my name. And she said, there's no way to pay the money back. Because the daughter says, tough luck, mom, that's your deal. You wanted me to go to this college. She said, no, I wanted you to go to a community college for two years. She said, well, you didn't want me to go out of state. So you're going to have to pay for this college. And the mom says, but, but, but sweetie, you and your boyfriend are living in a, in a townhome together. She, she said, sweetie, you just bought a brand new car. I'm in my 50s. I can't afford to do that. Well, tough luck, mom. You got to pay the student loan back. Not me. That's, that's the kind of things that the colleges are getting people into. Basically like loan sharks, right? The corrupt men and women of Chicago, New York, Detroit, loan sharks, Los Angeles. We get them everywhere. There's no difference except they have the military, the police department, badges, laws. Because if you don't pay, try to do that for how long? They take your passport. They take everything that you believed was sacred. If you don't pay back your student loan debt, I'm going to answer your email here in just a second. But let's, let's revisit. If you don't pay back your student loan debt, the IRS garnishes your wages. They take any tax refund that you receive and they apply it. And they usually apply it to the penalties, fees, fines, and interest. Not even the principal yet. And because it compounds against itself, there's no question that by the time it's done, the IRS fees, fines, penalties, and interests are much greater than what you've ever borrowed to begin with. Continue not paying, right? I don't have the money. I can't pay. No problem. We got, we take away your passport. You don't have a passport anymore. You can't leave the country. Does that sound like China, Nazi Germany, Russia? Yep. Communism? Yep. We take away your passport. In addition to that, oh, you have a nursing license, contractor's license, beautician license, insurance license, investment advisor license, we will take all of those licenses. Oh, a license to do business as a muffler repair person? Your, your, your federal government smog check license? Pulled. You think debtor's prison? They don't have to build cages for people to go to jail. They just take away everything from you. And then you say, well, that doesn't matter. At least I'm 64, 5, 6, 7. I'm going to turn on my social security. They garnish your wages, your social security wages. Don't believe me? Almost 200,000 Americans today are having their social security checks garnished for not paying student loan debt, theirs or their children. Who's the evil person in the story? Besides the narcissistic children who don't pay their own bills, the colleges, the universities, they're educated. They know it. They have math people there. They have calculators like everybody on their iPhone. They have a calculator. They can figure this out. It's not a secret. So Jane and Lewis, I feel sorry for you because 
you, you did what most people do. So, so I don't think you're bad or dumb or evil. I, I think you fell in victim just like everybody else to some stupid idea that, that college education that you have to borrow money for is worth it. It is not. If you guys want to spend your own money, you saved up your life savings and you want to spend your own money, do it. I don't, it doesn't matter to me that you want to spend your money on something that is dumb or good or bad. Or, that's your money. It doesn't matter to me. You spend it on whatever you want. Right? Are you not hurting people? Great. Spend your money. Not hurting children? Spend your money. Buy 16 pairs of shoes. You know, the Louis Vuitton purse, the Gucci handbag, the, the Ferrari, the, the first class trip. It doesn't matter if it's your money. Spend it. Borrow money from somebody else that can't afford it, like a working class American, taxpayer money, I, then I have a problem. All right, here's where we are. Jane and Lewis, they have $690,000 set aside in their future. They're expecting $3,200 from Social Security and $2,900 from, her, uh, from his Social Security. So hers and his. Hers is a bit more. His is $2,900. And then he has a pension from Boeing for 2800 Okay, together we do the math on that. That's quite a bit. It's coming in each month. And let me make sure I have the, the math added properly. 2800 plus 2900 Some of you are really sharp and already have this number. 3200 All right. So they're at $8,900 a month. $8,900 a month, but they need $9,500 to live. So we're short about 600 bucks but they're concerned about inflation. They do have plenty of money for emergencies, about 120,000, I'm happy with that. So here's what my solution is. I wanna use three accounts. It's called laddering or staggering. Different people adjust the different definitions to fit. I call it laddering because it seems to make a lot of sense for you to understand it. Here's what I would do. I like the ability to use three different accounts with the majority of the money being in the mid, the midterm account, the middle one. All right, we're gonna start with $150,000. Now that starts income within a year or two or three. And at 150, I can get just about somewhere in the neighborhood of about $1,000 a month coming from that. Okay, that's important because that is a good number for me to say, if I can get $1,000 a month starting even if it's two years from now, two or three years, that's a good number. That's 150,000. It's going to start going down. Yes, we're going to eat some of the principal. Yes, we're going to go backwards a little bit. And in five years, what are we going to do? Well, we're going to turn on the mid account. Now that mid account, I want to have somewhere in the neighborhood of $300,000. Now that mid account, that starts 300,000, five, six years from now, that's gonna give us around 2,500 a month. That $2,500 a month really helps offset inflation and expenses. And as we start getting a little older, five, six, seven years from now, right, we're gonna live on that for maybe a decade. And then after right about 10 years from now, Right, so you've been living on that extra twenty five hundred a month for three hundred, uh, three hundred thousand plus some of that hundred thousand, hundred and fifty thousand dollars. That's giving you an additional thousand. All right, the the short term account, hundred and fifty thousand thousand dollars a month. It's going to last that way for oh, probably ten years, maybe maybe a little more or less. 
the mid account for the rest of your life, 2,500 bucks. And then the third account. Okay, so I have 150, 300. What's left? About $240,000. I'm going to set that up to help offset long-term care costs, to help offset any health care expenses. And if there isn't any, great. A decade from now, we're looking at between four to $6,000 per month. And you can use it for anything you want. Healthcare, you can use it for travel. So by taking 690000 and breaking it into three buckets based on the purpose of those, of those accounts, that's pretty important. It isn't just the dollar figure. It's the purpose of the money. Short-term, give me money now. I want to fill the gap. I want to make sure I keep up with inflation. Enjoy life. Midterm, inflation continues. Kamala Harris is elected president. Gavin Newsom is elected president. We're in for uh, the, uh, the ride of a lifetime, some would say. That happens three, four, five years from now. We're going to need even more income coming in. And that's the $2,500 a month. But meanwhile, for a decade, we've set aside two hundred and forty thousand. That that'll give you between four, five, six thousand dollars a month, extra. Now, altogether, that's going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of fifteen to eighteen thousand dollars a month for you guys to live on, enjoy life, pay for any medical care. Because remember, I think that's what most people are forgetting is the long-term care. Not the debilitating, right? It's rare for people to get sick and die very quickly. I mean, thank God, it's our family. We want them around. We want to be able to care for them with dignity, using your money so you have pride and as little of the government money as possible. That's what laddering is all about. I'm Arif Hallaby. This is the Total Financial Hour. Thank you for spending your Sunday with me. I appreciate it talk to you next week. This is the Total Financial Hour. Your place for news, talk, and information. AM 870 The Answer. 888-99-RETIRE. Have a blessed day. Total Financial Hour. Learn about financial power. The Total Financial Hour. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.